he has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about the good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, you can walk in sunshine um, um, in your head, in your mind. I mean, right? Bring the sunshine into your life. Uh, if you're outside, you ain't walking in sunshine. <coughs> it's a verstunk kind of day today, a little bit rainy morning. Now, Adam Fike does tell us the rain's going to uh, slighten up a little bit, lighten up a little bit, uh, maybe go away by mid-afternoon or so. Might see some sunshine later in the day. I don't know. But let's just make it sunny inside. That's all we can do is bring it sunny inside. Temperature's not going up much, 66 degrees everywhere. 66 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 66 at the Highlands, 66 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 66 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Pick up another 10 degrees or so, going to go to the mid-70s for the day today. Uh, Adam says some people could flirt with 80. I'm not so sure that's going to happen given the conditions out there, but we'll see. Mostly cloudy today uh, with some thunderstorms are possible tomorrow. A sunnier day, a mixture of sun and clouds, but it'll be a better day tomorrow, up to around 80 or so. Then again, a rainy day on Saturday, a better day on Sunday. Uh, if you have just joined us, we've had a really good show, I think. A lot of good stuff we've covered. And if you missed it, you can go to watchdognetwork.com and catch all of the show in its entirety on our podcast page. Um, I, I put up every hour of the show every day. Hour one and two are already up on there, so you can listen to hour number one where Bob and I continued talking about the homelessness situation. Uh, lottery fatigue is setting in as the lottery prizes go up. A lottery sales are going down across the country in the big games, and we talked about that, and I gave you some numbers on that. Hawaii is on fire, at least Maui is. My notes here say at least six people are dead, but you see that number is up now, too. Way up, 36. 36 people are dead. Man, alive. Adam Fike was with us to talk about Hawaii as well as our weather forecast. Last hour, Mike Pushkin uh, from the uh, State Democratic Party in West Virginia talking about the special session of the legislature. And our old buddy Tom Scateri, our national correspondent, uh, in to talk about all matters Trump and uh, also what's happening in the Pentagon. We think Mary Glenn Elliott coming up here in just a couple of minutes. I mentioned earlier, Bob, um, unintended consequences. I don't know if you remember this. I, I do remember this. Last September, NASA did an experiment. You know, we, we see these movies all the time. There's an asteroid coming to destroy the Earth. It's going to hit the Earth. It will blow us all up like the dinosaurs. And then, oh, what do you do? And there's always talk. Well, we'll, send, we'll somehow we'll move the asteroid off its course. I mean, that's the movie stuff, right? Well, that actually could happen. So last September, NASA wanted to experiment with this, see could they do it. There was an asteroid, in case you're curious, the asteroid was called Dimorphos, which was not barreling towards Earth, but it was a big asteroid out there, and we had identified it, and we said, well, let's see if we can knock it off its course. And so they launched a spacecraft, crashed into Dimorphos, trying to see if they could protect us from an extinction-level event. And indeed, indeed, the impact succeeded in knocking Dimorphos off course. 
So that's what we were hoping for. Good. So here's the problem, the law of unintended consequences. When they smashed into the planet, they sent giant boulders flying into outer space, zipping along at the speed of 13,000 miles an hour. And now the scientists say the boulders are swirling through space. They are, quote, as deadly as Hiroshima. So, yes, we knocked it off the course. And, again, it was not actually on an extinction level. It was not actually coming towards Earth. We wanted to see if we could do it. So, yes, yay, the good news is we knocked The bad news is we made it worse by sending boulders into space. Howard, I swear to you, I barely got through high school, and there's probably the teacher that are still living out there that would swear to that. <laughs> but I tell you this. I would have thought of that. I would have said, you know what, guys, we want to be gentle with that because what just happens if we break pieces off? Now we have more of these rocks we got to worry about crashing in Earth. Wouldn't have you have thought the same thing, Howard? Well, I would think that you would – look. We think about, we have an image in our head, I think, of what happened when the asteroid came and crushed into the Earth, right? I we think know, they call it the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah, right. We know that it spewed huge things into the sky, right? The Earth went dark because all of the, the whatever, the rock and the pumice, whatever was all over the atmosphere, things went up. Yes, you would think you would know. And, of course, here there was gravity to hold some of it down. There's no gravity out there. So, bam, knocked it off course good. Holy crap. We push it, not crash <laughs> yeah, into it. A little nudge, like a uh, uh, what's the ship that that, uh, uh, that that helps other ships? A little tugboat. Howard. Yeah, like a little tug, tug. There we go. Like, like a little tugboat in the sky. Just, just get up there in space. Just nudge it a little bit. Just push it a little bit. No, we bam rammed it. Ram it again. <laughs> and now they say these boulders are swirling around out there in space. Oh yeah, they're gonna get us as deadly as a Hiroshima bomb. Yeah, you would think. The law of unintended consequences uh, always tends to happen. It's a 914 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. My friend, uh, our friend, uh, Bishop Cummings, did not touch base with me, and he doesn't have to, but I don't keep track all the time of all of his events that are coming up, and usually he's got an event coming up. He says, hey, you know, I'd like you to promote the event, and he didn't, and I'm not criticizing him. I just feel bad. Uh, stuff with buses coming up this weekend. Uh, this is they're getting ready for their back-to-school uh, efforts the following weekend. So this weekend, uh, stuff the bus will be underway. It'll be actually at the temple. It used to do it like at uh, Respects or places like that. This will be at the Bethlehem Apostolic Temple on Saturday from 10 till noon in their parking lot where they'll collect school supplies for students. So if you want to bring school supplies, backpacks, uh, you know, organizers, boxes of pencils, pens, all that kind of stuff. You can bring it, backpacks, notebooks, pencils, paper, bring it all there. Um, C.J. Goodwin, we know him, uh, has donated 200 backpacks already to the uh, to the cause. So that's pretty cool. I, I, and I, I'm, again, I'm pleased, I'm not in any way criticizing uh, Reverend Cummings at all, Bishop Cummings at all. I just... I usually rely on him to remind me, <laughs> but I, I did I did see the story, so I do want to point that out. And then the following weekend, the 20th, will actually be the uh, back-to-school distribution of supplies. We'll get him in every four that. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, uh, he's on TV a lot, Howard. Maybe he's a TV guy now. He's, he's, he doesn't have time oh, yeah, for us for, radio always guys Always forget now. your roots. Forget your – no, I, I, don't even want to, I don't even want to joke about that. Somebody will go and tell, tell the bishop that we said that he'd forgotten us. I just my, – my point just is I – 
I usually count on, on the bishop reminding me of what's coming up so I can promote it. And I always tell him I'm happy to help with anything at all. Um, but there, So stuff the bus this weekend, then the actual back-to-school distribution will be the following weekend, uh, Saturday, August 19th at the Dream Center. And then I believe on Sunday after that they have their back-to-school carnival or whatever and we'll try and get the bishop on before the next week but i want to at least mention that to you right now Nine seventeen here on the watchdog morning show uh council talked this week willing council talked this week about that life hub which i am still a little unclear on and i i, I got the sense that some of the council members are still a little unclear about it as well i asked uh, mayor elliott to join us today and he's going to be with us coming up next to talk a tad about that here on the watchdog morning show Hi, Toppy Kirchner will talk line on Metro News. Inviting you to join us for our show comes your way at 10.06, Monday through Friday. On the next show, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Congress is on break. Manchin's back in the district. He'll join us in studio on the next talk line. We'll find out what's on Manchin's mind and also take your calls and texts. Talk line weekdays at 10.06, right here on this Metro News radio station. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, and be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. It's summertime. It's summertime. And the living is easy. But the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Saturday morning cereals, chapters 1 through 15. Fly paper, penny loafers, lucky strike green. Flat tops, sock tops, Duty Baker, Pepsi, please. Oh, do you remember these? Cigar bands on your hand, your daddy's socks roll down. Sticks, no plugs, and aviator caps with flaps that button down. Movie stars on Dixie cup tops and knickers to your knees. Oh, do you remember these? The Statler Brothers. I, I, I did a Statler Brothers wormhole this week. When you go into YouTube and start going down the wormhole, I did that with the Statler Brothers. I came across a Statler Brothers song, popped up, and then it was like one after another after another, the class of 57 and this one and so on. Um, I do love the Statlers. Now, that's an old person's thing, and, you know, and a lot of their songs are like like this, thinking back and remembering the past and so on. And Like Mr. Slider, I live in the past <laughs> an awful lot, but I do love the Statlers. Do From the uh, Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline, Howard, uh, damn, yes. I love the Statler Brothers. <laughs> 920 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. William Mayor Glenn Elliott with us this morning. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Mr. Monroe. How are you this fine morning? Are you are you wet? Are you, I know you're a walkable kind of guy. Did you walk in the rain this morning at all? 
I've not taken my walkability on the road yet this morning. Uh, it is a little nasty out there, but uh, but I'm sure I'll be out at some point. You can, <laughs> I'm sure you'll notice me somewhere walking around. Somewhere walking around. How's your little one today? Still sleeping, but otherwise doing great. You know, I, I say this to you all the time. Of course, being a granddad, I just get I love my grandson. I get such a great kick out of seeing you and your and your son, Harrison, and your lovely wife, and all the things you guys do. And I loved it when he threw uh, the ball at uh, Chad Thalman and knocked him into the water. <laughs> yes, uh, all the time people are thanking me and asking me to post more pictures on Facebook. I'm like. It- if I posted every picture I took of him on Facebook, I might shut down the entire application. So, um, but I, I understand that. It's you know, definitely been, yeah. I used to get comments all the time about how are all the food that you post. And I still post food pictures. But then when, when Teddy uh, came into our lives, it was like, uh, all you do is post pictures of your grandson. Yeah, pretty much. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, I am, still, I am still confused about the Life Hub. I, I, we have had Melissa Adams in here a couple times. She's done her best to try to explain it to me. Uh, I have followed the various and sundry conversations that have occurred at council, including the ones this week. I am still, I'm still a little unclear exactly what is going to happen with this facility. We know where it's going to be, but I don't fully understand exactly what's going to happen. Do you? Um, well, after the hearing the other night and after some conversations I've had with Melissa Adams, I have a pretty good idea. But, look, this is an evolving concept. It's certainly not what council initially envisioned when we hired or created the uh, the homeless liaison position. But it is um, something that it, it, I do think it's justifiable in theory. And, and it, 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 uh, however, I just interrupt. I'm hearing a lot of echo background when I talk. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but sounds okay on my end. Bob, uh, are you anything we're doing here? I pulled it down a little bit. Hello. Well, I'll keep going, and and, and hopefully it won't interrupt too much. Uh, I'm uh, the life up concept is not original to Wheeling, at least in some of the theories. And the idea is we got all these organizations in town. Uh, dedicated to solving or, or or somehow helping people in homelessness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over years, what's happened? Well, we've gotten we've ended up with with more of a problem of homelessness than probably ever before, at least in in a modern history. The over time, um, there's really no one central organization or entity that has that is setting the goal of of actually eradicating homelessness in Wheeling. Um, because once you start organizations up and running, they become entities that have, you know, people, uh, paychecks to meet, you know, employees, they, they own buildings, they become, it needs them to themselves and going concerns. And I think, it, I think the city needs to have some foot in the door in the conversation of, are we, are we creating metrics? Are we doing things to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks? Or are we instead just you know, facilitating a cycle where all we're doing is treating the symptoms at the end of the day? And then every entity that treats the symptoms has a, almost has a, a need to continue existing because it has employees and everyone else. Um, 
I say that without trying to cast dispersions on anybody in the industry. It's just uh, there's not been an approach so far to actually solve the problem uh, citywide. It is a couple of things you said there that really strike me as interesting. Number one, of course, it is always a problem that once any, whether it's public or private institutions, once something is set in place, it's like you, you, you keep on doing it to. I won't say protect the job, but somebody's there to somebody's been hired. Yep. You got to find some. So that that's that's fairly standard. It, it's interesting though. You mentioned eradicate homelessness, and it seems to yep. me, and I'm just spitballing here, that what we're doing a lot is trying to help those who are in a crisis, if you will. You know, providing yep. food, providing immediate shelter, providing immediate needs. And I'm not sure that we are, and I mean, literally, I'm not sure. Maybe you can tell me we are. I'm not sure there's a big effort being made to find ways to actually, using your phrase, eradicate the homelessness, to yeah. move people from being, we're, out, we're helping those who are homeless, which I believe we need to do. But I don't know that we're moving yeah. people from homelessness to something else. Oh, without a doubt. The, the, well, we looked at this issue way before we created the uh, position. I had several meetings with all the different entities from, uh, you know, representatives from just about every organization that in some way across the city, you know, touches the lives of the homelessness, uh, of the homeless. Um, and, you know, a lot of groups are doing wonderful things in their own right. But, but what we found is, number one, they weren't always working together, at least in the big collective. There may have been certain organizations working together, but uh, some organizations were working almost um, – in contravention to what others were were doing because of different philosophies, different approaches, uh, but but in my opinion, a lot of the responses was was on the back end after someone's already fallen into homelessness, right. uh, you know, not on the front end before, uh, you know, making sure the environment exists where where these cracks don't where where it's not so easy to fall through these cracks. You're never going to have a, a completely. A zero population of homeless person because um, you know what I think the bad things are always going to happen to people for whatever reason and they're going to fall through the cracks. But the idea that's you know taken root and I think the Life Hub is based on is called functional zero, where where you don't have any any long term structural homelessness taking place because you've created solutions um, you know in, in your city for that. Um, it, and look, I'm certainly not an expert on this. I've learned more about this over the years. It's, it's, it's such a complex and, and frustrating issue to deal with. A lot of the failures here are, are quite frankly, at the federal and state level because, you know, we've changed a lot of the ways we deal with mental illness. We've changed the way we deal with drug addiction sometimes. It's going to sound insensitive, Howard, but when, when, when you were a kid – a lot of the people who are currently walking around the streets homeless wheeling right now were locked been institutionalized. up. Yeah, they were locked yeah, up. Yeah, and yep. you never would have, and you never would have seen them again. Yep. They would have ended up in an institution, uh, probably lobotomized or, or given shock therapy of some sort. Uh, you've seen the one flew over the cuckoo's nest movie. Like, that's not an exaggeration of what would have been the case then. That's yeah. not the right outcome. But you know, we've almost gone to the other extent at the federal level with the rules for you know how you can voluntarily commit people now. So you have people walking the street who you know may be able to sort of survive at a basic level, but but they're not able to take care of themselves in a way that it is going to live it, it, is going to lend itself towards a meaningful uh, quality life, and that's where that's where the problem is now falling on cities because I mean we're the last resort here you know I mean, it, it's it's um it, it, I mean as far as I'm concerned the federal government's kind of failed in this respect, our state's done some like good but also you know well we don't have um, 
when it comes to dealing with substance abuse, you know, we still try to, I mean, we still criminalize a lot of things I think we should treat as actual, actual health uh, problems. And just we've created uh, scenarios where it's, it's, it's up to cities to solve problems that cities were never designed to solve. I, I, I am not here to be overly critical, despite yeah. the fact that I sometimes yeah. come across that way. But yeah. I, is the Life Hub moving us closer towards that or not? Or I know you began yeah. by saying, and I do understand it's sort of a work in progress. When yeah. um, when I first heard of this, well, when I second heard of it, when I first heard of it, I thought of something totally different. When I began to get a sense of what was being talked about, I thought the Life Hub would be a place where services would be available, counseling would be available, uh, programs to help maybe move from homelessness to home would be available. I'm beginning to think now, and help me if I'm wrong, are they now going to talk about, are they now talking about actually housing the homeless in the Life Hub? Uh, the idea of the Life Hub as it is evolved, and again, it's, it's a moving target, is what's called, it, it starts as a low barrier shelter. And and the idea behind a low barrier shelter is it doesn't mean no barrier. Like you can't be actively violent and get a get a seat in the in the life hub shelter, but it's a shelter that will pretty much take you as long as you're not you know actively causing harm to people. So um, you may be on drugs and still be able to use it. You may have uh, you know a, a rap sheet that reads a mile long and still be able to use it. At, um, you know there's going to be rules in place. It's going to be set up to keep you know protect kids and separate men and women, all that, but, but it's a, it's a barrier. It's a low barrier shelter for people uh, just to get them off the street. The theory behind this is, is you can't really help somebody deal with their issues in life. If they don't first have a roof over their head, it's very hard to be, be living at a, in a campsite and, you know, deal with, with getting a new driver's license, deal with getting you know, your life back together, deal with, you know, doing cop training. You can't do that if you're living out of a campsite. So that's and, the idea behind it. And I, I, and, I, yeah. and I understand that, and I, yeah. I, I get the concept of a no-barrier shelter or low-barrier shelter, and I think that it's necessary, yeah. and all of those things are true. And, God, I am now going to – it sounds so anti my liberal leanings. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound – I don't know if elitist is the right word or whatever, but is the location currently of the Life Hub in that church, is that really a good place for a homeless shelter? You know, just a block down from City Hall, yep. more importantly, literally next door to Independence Hall across the street from the community college. Is that where we yep. want to be housing the homeless? Um, I want to house them and I want to provide shelter. But again, I, I, yep. I, I, well, I'm, I'm almost uncomfortable saying those words out loud because it, it's, it's anathema to me in some ways. But I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves. It's a question that a lot of people have asked, and, you know, there's pros and cons. First, let me be 100% clear. The decision to pick that site was not a city council decision. We were made aware it was happening, but it was not done with taxpayer dollars. It was all done with private uh, private donations. Um, I, I think there are some pros to that site. Number one, it's it's it, it, it's in a central location where there's a lot of the other entities that do provide help and services, including like the like Soup Kitchen just up the street. We're, are all in a few block radius, so it's a centralized area from that respect. Um, it is close to City Hall, but again, what is envisioned is not something where where you should have people hanging out on the on the outside of it. Now, the flip side of that is is wherever you put this, there's going to be pushback. If you put it in in a, in a neighborhood somewhere, you're going to have people. Uh, 
I mean, it's going to yeah, be. No, I, I get uh, that. I, I get that. I'm but... 50 people signing up to speak at the next council meeting saying, don't put this in my backyard. So, um, you know, you had a, a church there that closed down, went dark. Unfortunately, like that's happening, you know, to, to some churches. And what do you do with these beautiful buildings that have been well-maintained and kept? Um uh, look, it wasn't my choice to put it there, but I think, you know, there are a lot of worse locations, and I think it can work. It's just it, it has to be done in a way that's sensitive. So this is in the heart of downtown. You have Independence Hall. You have, you have City Hall. You have the county building. Um, I, I'm not so worried about that. But, again, it's it's more what does it look like inside. I'm more worried yeah. about what does it look like outside. Will, sure, we, will sure. we suddenly start seeing, you know, panhandling? Again, I, I'm I'm so uncomfortable uh, saying these things because it. But yeah. uh, but will we start suddenly seeing pan? If, if people are living in a shelter, low barrier, no barrier shelter, right there in that church facility or on the grounds of it, will we suddenly start seeing the the signs, homeless veteran, you know, t- give me what you can, sitting outside in their beach chairs, you know, panhandling on the street, uh, and is that what we want in essentially downtown? The multi-million-dollar streetscape project gets done, and then pretty soon you get, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, Howard, you're sounding, you're sounding like a lot of the emails I get right now on this topic. But, <laughs> but look, I, um, well, first of all, the, uh, I, just so people understand the legality here, the Supreme Court has long said now that you know panhandling is a is a is an exercise of free speech. So we can't we can't outlaw panhandling as much as people want us to. We can't do that. Now, I don't think the idea is certainly not going to make that particular location. I mean, I mean panhandlers pick where the cars are, uh, um, and that area is probably not the most traveled spot in, in town. They pick like there's a reason they pick the spot when you get off the Fort Henry Bridge and out near Perkins because that's where a lot of the cars are. So, we're not allowed to outlaw panhandling under under federal law. So, I look. I get people don't like to hear hear that. It sounds like we're passing the buck, but but it's just not legal. Um, the uh, for me though, for the Life Hub to work, it it it, it has to accomplish a couple things. It, it, in addition to low barrier shelter, it has to basically ha- have a scenario where where if you show up there, if you're brought there because we closed down your campsite, or if you show up there seeking help, you need to have one person who's going to be assigned to your case. Like not you're gonna you can't be assigned to eight different places. You need to have one person whose responsibility is is to figure out what is the best course of help for you. And if that's uh, sending you to another another agency that specializes in this type of help, then that, that needs to be happening. But there needs to be some accountability for your future once you check into that life hub where someone is actually looking out just for you. And you're on a census and, you know, we can see your progress. Uh, there's no evidence that's happening right now on a collective. It's happening by different agencies keep different records and censuses, but there's no one central database where we can see if, if someone's actually getting help and approving or if somebody's just going from a different service to different service just I, I, just to stay alive. See, that, that concept makes sense to me. And, again, that's yeah. where I sort of envision yeah. the life of being yeah. to begin with a, 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 a repository yeah. of services and people who could help. Uh, so homeless would go gather information. I like your. I, I get your concept. I think it's great. You know, so you have essentially a mentor or whatever you want to call it, a caseworker, what have you, who follows an individual yeah. all the way through. Where I am having a problem is in seeing the facility actually being used as a, as a homeless shelter. That's what creates a problem yeah. for me. Now I recognize this is not a city function. 
correct me if I'm wrong, and please do, the city has not put any money into this project at all, has it? Well, uh, the only money we put in is the salary that is paying Melissa uh, as a homeless liaison. We've not put any money into the lifehub concept, yes. But she was kind of differentiating her work with the If I read the newspaper article yeah. correctly, and we all, you know, I know sometimes I'm told don't read yeah. those newspaper articles, but if I read the newspaper article about the meeting this week correctly, she's kind of differentiating her work with the lifehub from her work as the homeless liaison. She said something about, I do this after hours, or I forget exactly what that was. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you if you read, I mean, if you did read the article, you read. I, I, mean, I had some questions that are are basically on that exact structure. Um, you know, I have no I have no reason to, to doubt anything about the way it's been set up, except uh, you have Melissa Adams working uh, in a city capacity in which she reports to the city manager. And the concept here is to have a separate nonprofit where she is, is a, an employer reporting to a, to a board, which which would be chaired by the same city manager. I just wanted, you know, I asked that we could have a third-party legal review, make sure that there's nothing in that arrangement that that puts Melissa or or anyone in a in a situation where they have competing uh, sort of fiduciary duties. And it's just a it's a tricky way it's being structured. Um, I like the idea of it being a nonprofit; it gives it a lot more flexibility. They can get a lot more grants than the city can. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I I do want uh, the city to have some direct say here because the goal. Uh, has to stay actually solving this problem, not just creating a life hub that then be- becomes another one of these entities around town that is is just in existence forever. Um, if the life hub is still you know going at full capacity in 20 years, I I think it's fair to say it's been a failure because the goal should be to kind of deal with this problem right. going forward and make it less of a problem. It is interesting, and I'll have to let you go after this, but um, that yeah. that sort of the 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 motivation behind the creation of the homeless coalition position was to pull services together and find ways to work together uh, because we have maybe too many disparate services and what we're ending up with is adding something new instead of consolidating or working together and now we're yeah. now we're looking putting another a different piece of the puzzle which it, and maybe that'll work I mean maybe that in the end is the right way but that's not exactly what I thought the homeless liaison position was going for and I'm not at all critical of Melissa. I think she's caring, compassionate, and does a good job. I just, I'm just, this Life Hub has me confused. Not concerned yet, but has me confused. I still don't quite know what it is. And I do think that city, the city has some responsibility of kind of, kind of seeing what's going on and keeping a close eye on it and keeping the public, you know, informed. I thought the meeting this week was, was helpful uh, to the public, if not to you guys. Uh, and I do agree with you. I think there needs to be a look at with no no disrespect meant to any of them, you got Melissa, you have the, the city manager uh, as the chairman of the board or whatever the title of that is. Uh, you have your marketing director working for that board as a secretary. There's there's an awful lot of cross pollination there that I'm not sure is the mm-hmm. smartest thing in the world. But I'm 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 no attorney. That may be a good thing, but I'm no I'm no attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it's a moving target. Um, uh, you know, I didn't think we'd be here when, when this position was created by now, but it, but you know, it's kind of taken a life of its own. But I do think we have a, a, a. I think we have a reason to be skeptical, but I think we have a lot to be encouraged that there, that there has been this movement because, um, look, I live and work downtown. I'm always walking around. I see this problem. It's the problem is not getting any better. It's probably been getting worse in the 15 years that I can recall here. It seems to be always getting worse. So, continuing to do the same thing and expecting homelessness to go away is 
is probably not a very good idea. So I would agree. Um, and, I'm encouraged, but, you know. And I think yeah. at some point we need to yeah. talk, we as in like you and I on the air and then we the public in general, need to talk about instead of throwing up our hands and saying, well, we can't do anything about panhandling, what can we do? Given, given the constraints that the federal government uh, that puts on it as a freedom of speech issue, what exactly are, what can be done? Are there cities that have found better ways to, uh, you hate to use the word regulate, but to regulate, to control, to, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it seems like it's, you know, it isn't the homeless that bother me as much as it is the panhandling of some of them and the fact that it's spreading further and further out in our community. And that's what concerns me about that location as well. Hey, uh, Glenn, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, good discussion. I think you have some questions the same as I do, and uh, we shall hear answers to all of them together, I guess, as time goes by. Well, thanks for, ha yeah, thanks for having me on, Howard. Thanks for your attention to this issue. Like I said, it's a tough one, but I think, uh, you know, this is, an area, this is an area where we're all kind of learning a little bit, and, and hopefully here at a in a couple years, Future councils will be able to have, you know, addressed this issue in a way where, where we're talking about how it's getting better, not how it's getting worse. I got you. Thanks for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Willie Mayor Glenn Elliott this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 19 to the hour here on the program. Bob and I can talk about uh, what the mayor had to say coming up in a minute or two. But why don't we first of all go over to the big seven WTRF TV and see what Taylor's got to say. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this August the 10th. The Mountain State is facing a massive lawsuit over conditions at its jails and prisons, and it could cost hundreds of millions of dollars to fix. The lawsuit was filed by a Beckley attorney, and it states that more than 10,000 inmates are being exposed to inhumane conditions because of staffing shortages and lack of maintenance at correctional facilities. The lawsuit says the state needs to spend $60 million in salary improvement and $270 million on repairing dilapidated jails and prisons. Just this week, the legislature approved $30 million to boost pay and fill vacant positions and set aside $100 million for maintenance. And it's almost time for students and teachers to head back to the classroom. And a survey by the National Retail Federation shows school supplies increased with inflation and are going to cost families nearly 12% more this year compared to last year. And the Ohio Valley is no exception to these increased costs. Reverend Daryl Cummings and members of the Bethlehem Apostolic Temple are asking for community help to stuff the bus with school supplies, clothes, and other back-to-school essential items. The goal is to help the less fortunate return to school with confidence and a smile. The event is slated for this Saturday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to noon and is being held in the church's parking lot located at 330 North Main Street in Wheeling. And listen to this, Avenue Eats is officially open at their new location at Waterfront Hall in Wheeling. The restaurant opened its doors for customers again after their previous building on Valley View Avenue was lost in a fire back in 2020. The new location provides waterfront views with taste from burgers, sandwiches, salads, and so much more to go along with the sights and sounds at Waterfront Hall. Avenue Eats hours going forward will be 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to go get a burger. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday, everyone. I'm Tater Long, working for you.
Barstool Rough and Rowdy Brawl returns to Wheeling's West Vaco Arena August 18th. Featuring up to 20 fights, including several five-round fights. Bobby Lights Out Lane, Michael Make It Happen Brown, Hot Wheels, Dwarf Champion Lightning, Jeremy Smith, The American Redneck, The Polish Hammer, Strawberry Cowboy, and more. It's Barstool's Rough and Rowdy Brawl August 18th at Wheeling's West Vaco Arena. Welcomed by Bush Light, the Wheeling, Ohio County CBB, and Jill's Gentlemen's Club. Fighters and Ring Girls, sign up at joinrnr.com. Buy tickets at westbankoarena.com. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care. Right place right time these are the 100 days of summer and this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe brought to you by wvu medicine we don't smoke marijuana in muskogee we don't take our trips on lsd We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street Cause we like living right and being free 9.45, quarter to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, text line, I, I don't... Um, your Diddymos discussion, I assume they are referring to the um, asteroid story. Your Diddymos discussion was fraught with misinformation. You have so many listeners who hear this accepting it as fact. Well... Associated Press story. I don't. Uh, we didn't I, make it up. There are very few people I put more faith in than the Associated Press. So I, I, I don't know what you, what you're suggesting is wrong. But that's, um, that's what the Associated Press had to say. That's where I read that, uh, read that story from. And uh, real quick off the text line, three zero four two one four sixteen hundred Frio Stack Oxnard's text line. Uh, Howard, the Life Hub location is not good. That is quite frankly one of my concerns. Not my only concern, but that's one of my concerns. Yeah, uh, my concern, too, uh, it got my blood pressure up a little bit. Uh, uh, not the mayor himself, just to where we've got ourselves with this. I know what I'm going to do, and this is harsh, but I mean it. From this day forward, I will never give a nickel to another panhandler in this town. I will not be disrespectful to them. They better not be disrespectful to me. Uh, they can stand there all they want. I guess that's their right. I will not give them a penny as far as Melissa you know what? It started out great, but it snowballed too much. How in the world can you work it in the middle? I don't care if she's doing it on her free time or not. All these big hitters on the city are on this board. It looks to a knucklehead like me that the city is involved. This is a terrible, terrible idea. The location is terrible. Put it where the hub of the activity is, the soup kitchen. Uh, Catholic Charities, you can't find a building down there. I'll tell you this, I bet it wouldn't cost $300,000. <laughs> this is ridiculous, Howard. I have never, I don't ever give to panhandlers. I mean, I never have. I give to uh, uh, homeless organizations. Uh, I have never given to, I shouldn't say never. I, I should be careful about that. But I very rarely, I never give to the people with Perkins or out in the Grove or wherever I see them, the, the ones holding the signs up. I, I, I never do that. So I, 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 I would concur with you on that. I, that's I, I I don't I don't do that, um, and I, I I don't have as strong not as aggressive about it as you are, but 
there this is this is a little bit hinky uh there needs to be a better delineation here with the uh, the city manager being the president of the board and also being the city manager and as bob, uh, not bob but as uh, the mayor pointed out you know melissa reports the city manager in her city position and then technically reports the city manager in her I don't know. Is it another position? And and I think the city council needs to have a conversation about exactly where her position is here. Absolutely. I, I may be reading it wrong because all I know is what I read in the paper. Uh, she made a point of commenting because I think somebody asked a question at the council meeting this week. She made a point of saying, well, I do this on my after hours or something of something of that nature. And I'm just, I'm not, I don't it, buy that. Well, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not arguing with her. I bet she works very, very hard, but you're still connected. I don't care what time that's of the, the day That's the problem. I, I don't doubt that she does it after hours or whatever, but I do think it's, um, I, I do think it is a, um, there's, there's, there's some problems here. There, there's several problems. I think there's a problem with the, with the way this is being put together as in the organization. And I do think I, I'm with the, the texter and with you. I just think this look. The location is bad if it's going to be a shelter. I thought in the beginning it was going to be a place where there would be offices and people could go and they would get help. They would help, needed a driver's license, they could help them with that. They could help them find, you know, where the food services are and so on. It, it should not be, it should not be a, a homeless shelter. It's just a bad location. And that, that's elitist of me. And I, I'll, I'll it's take, true. It's the truth. I'll, I'll take flack for it. But I just think it's. Um, There's other buildings. There's other buildings. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. Uh, there's a, just a lot of questions still out there. And, and I think somebody's got to keep asking them. Council did. Uh, and I think they need to have a little conversation about how their homeless liaison is working with this project which is not a city pro I don't know. I, there's a lot of questions out there. And, I, and the mayor, I think, I, I think the mayor gets those questions and concerns as well. 10 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Westfall coming up next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Sports Map Radio is on all night long. Tune in to get up to the minute sports coverage on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We are the Watchdog. 
Who Wants Craft Beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack is back at Wheeling Heritage Port, showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the family service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at mountaineerbrewfest.com. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Which, of course, I used to criticize people for, like back in the vaccine. I've done my own research. I, but I'm trying to do a little online research here into panhandling, and um, I'm getting such conflicting uh, on, uh, with the quick search that I've done here. I'm not even going to talk about it now, but I, I need to do some more research on this and uh, maybe find some people who are expert in this and talk about this, the whole issue of, of panhandling, because I'm seeing several different answers to the question about is it legal or illegal and I, I don't want to get into it now because I just I there's too many conflicting here but I, I'm going to see if I can get some more information so I've done my own research which I always criticize people when they do their own research seven to the hour on the watchdog morning show Bob Westfall is here I do my research by watching channel seven that's how I learn everything oh that's good good for you that's fantastic <laughs> so uh, you mess up then I'm in trouble because then I don't have the right information so don't mess up will you Bob Oh, I never mess up. I've got sure you don't. <laughs> or, or your team, crack that whip. Tell them you can't get these things wrong. Ah. Never crack a whip. Never crack a whip. It's a rainy day out there. I, you know, I'm looking forward to going home. Bob had the right idea. Bob Slider said, uh, grilled cheese sandwich, tomato soup, good book. Let it rain. Just take it easy. Hey, Bob, I want to ask you a real quick question here, a business question. Yeah. Are you hearing any kind of echo or anything? Is it, Are you having a good reception with us? Um, I'm hearing a bit of an echo. Huh, okay, we're going to have to work on that then. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. what the mayor, the mayor said, too. I just thought yeah, um, I just thought he was hearing me twice. I don't know. All right, what are you working on today, Bob? All right, several things we're working on today. Celebrate Youth, Youth Services, school, Back to School event is today. That's a huge event. Uh, Annalise Murphy will be covering that. We'll be live there at noon. Then we'll have a report on the festivities at 5 o'clock. So we'll have that today. Something coming up that we're excited about. I love the food. Uh, the Lebanese Festival is coming. So we're going to go over to Our Lady of Lebanon Church while they're cooking up the specials. So um, I'm excited. I'm going to make sure Colin brings back some of those uh, wonderful food. I, I miss the days when they used to come in as a noon guest. <laughs> and they would bring in that old, that whole big old tray. And it was like, ooh, uh, lunch for today. But I, lo- anyway, I love me some up. kibbe. I lo- that's the one thing I particularly love. My, my wife is Lebanese, so growing up, her parent, Nancy doesn't do it so much, but, you know, her mom used to always make kibbe. Oh, my God, I love kibbe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, that's today. So we're going to check that out today. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Diana Wisenried uh, on her first uh, her first special session. She's the new delegate uh, taking over for Erica Storch. Uh, so Diana will be here this afternoon. Talk to Annalise as well. Just to see uh, see how she dealt with uh, what some would say is a crazy situation in Charleston. But hey, anyway, if I remember correctly, she didn't have any political back. I mean, she had not been in office before, right? 
Um, uh, that's my understanding. To get thrown into the legislature, uh, you, the smartest, most intelligent, the best informed person in the world, it's a, it's a bit of a zoo down there your first time around. It's always got to be fascinating to be the first, you know, to be your, in your first session. Yeah, we're going to talk to her this afternoon, find out what she thought. Uh, 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 story we're working on out of Weirton, um, the DMV up there is going to establish uh, Purple Heart Parking. Um, I know uh, City of Wheeling's done it, the Moundsville DMV. Um, so uh, this is parking for veterans uh, who have Purple Hearts. Uh, as you know, sometimes it's hard for them to get in and out of their vehicles, things like that. So yeah. Jake is going to cover that this morning. And, of course, the chamber event uh, tonight, the Wheeling Area Chamber is holding their annual steak fry, honoring three teachers. Uh, we uh, we profiled each of the teachers last week, uh, so we will be up uh, there. Our own Bailey Martin will be emceeing the event, and then we'll cover that live at 5 and 6. And, like I said, Bailey will be emceeing it. High school football previews continue with Indian Creek, Steubenville Central, and Steubenville Big Red. Uh, so those things continue, and then we're going to be watching this dreary, dreary day. Uh, I think Adam said uh, thunderstorms were possible later today, so we're going to keep an eye on that. All right, sounds good. People can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the uh, region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, the award-winning website. And uh, keep uh, the Storm Tracker 7 app in your pocket, maybe especially today, so you have a better idea of when the rain will go up or go down. And also, of course, the uh, WTRF TV 7 News app, Set them for push notifications so when something happens, you shall be among the first to know. Bob, Absolutely. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow to wrap up the week. All right. Bye, guys. Bob, he mentioned uh, DMV. I mentioned to mention this earlier. You know, the DMV gets a pretty bad rap and, and probably deserves it. Oh, you've been there lately, Howard? Well, I haven't been. But I, here's what I want to say. My driver's license expired. It expired on my birthday. It was my, you know, the five years expired on July 31st. Um, and not surprising, I waited until the very last minute to bother to get it renewed. And I did it online. All right, I did it online. I did it on uh, January or July 29th. Expired the 30th, so I, and and they accepted it, and I paid for it online. And I got a little piece of paper that said, "Put this in your wallet." It, it says that you've renewed your license until you get a new one, and you get your new one in 45 to 60 days. Okay, I mean that's fine. I had the piece of paper in my pocket. I was amazed. Five days later, the license was there. I mean, I was surprised how quickly they were able to turn that around. That so. is quick. I thought you were saying you get a nice note saying, Mr. Monroe, this will probably be your you know, last license <laughs> because of age and driving skills. So be careful out there. You know, once upon a time when I was a much, much younger man, I used to argue that after 65, you should, require, you should, you should be required to do a driving test and uh, an eye test and everything else every, Sign you up hard. every five years. Now that I am 70... I think that was a dumb idea that the young me had. <laughs> Just don't don't bother to test me. Just trust me. I passed the test when I was 16 years old, huh? I'm should I still have the same skills, right? Right? No, I can tell you. Uh, no. What are you saying? What are you saying? Oh, you say, right. come on, Magoo, we're about done. That's right, you. <laughs> All right, regular Friday show tomorrow. Lots of good stuff. Oh, not the regular Friday show because John McCabe is not going to be here. I'll double check to see if he's changed his mind. But So John will not be here. We will have the Uniglobal High Valley Travel Show. Uh, we'll have the highlights of the week, uh, as always. Um, I already have a couple of them in mind of where my highlights are going to go, but I'll work on that for tonight. Um, and I don't know what else might happen, but I'm sure that we'll find a way to pull the week together in the end in a very entertaining and informative way. And I hope that you all... We'll be back with us tomorrow morning. Hoppy Kirchwell has uh, Senator Joe Manchin uh, coming up next on Statewide Talk Live. Uh, Bob, have yourself a good day. I'm, I like your idea. I'm thinking about grilled cheese and uh, tomato soup. 
get my Kindle out and just listen to the rain pound on the window outside. That to me is a pretty good day today. FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling.